The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, and they were saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of my property that belongs to me. So he divided the property among them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property and dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he went off and he went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him, and with compassion, he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then he said to the son, then the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father sent his slaves. Quickly, bring out the robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is now found. And they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked him what was going on. And he replied, your younger brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. Then he became very angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all of these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and now he is found. The Gospel of the Lord. And at this time, I'd like to invite AJ to come up and read another Lenten poem. Please have a seat. Would you give me the benefit of the doubt? How far does your love go? Would you 
forgive me if I was different? If I did not believe in the same? If I did not do the same? If I did not think the same? Would you forgive me? Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The prodigal son is one of the most beloved parables in the Bible. Most people inside and outside the church have at least heard about the prodigal son or at least elements of this story. A man has two sons. And when this begins... Many people may already know what they are going to hear. And in this parable, this story, there are three characters. The, the, the prodigal son, the older brother, and the father. Now, this younger son, the, the prodigal son, in this story, we see someone maybe like you or me at some point in our lives, a, an ordinary person who wants some sort of independence, some sort of freedom. He wants to be able to go out and explore the world. He didn't want to have to listen to his father or his older brother. He didn't want to worry about what was right or what was wrong anymore. He wanted to go out and experience freedom. He wanted to go out and experience life. So he went to his father, and he asked for his inheritance. Now, we know when someone is given an inheritance, it's typically after someone has died. So in some way, he went to his father and said, I, I know you're not dead yet, but I, I want what is mine. I want to be able to go out and experience life. But things didn't go as planned. He, he spent all of his money. Perhaps he, he was too young to receive his inheritance and act in an appropriate way, or, or maybe he didn't care about the consequences of his actions. Perhaps he, he just didn't really have any idea of what to expect, and he thought it would last forever. All we know is that the money that was given to him was quickly spent and he found himself in a bad situation, and he did not know what to do. Now, we have a certain reaction when we hear this parable. We, we, we look at the younger son, and we say that he is foolish. How could he have spent all of the money that was given to him, this gift that was given to him from his father? How could he just waste it away? But what I have learned over the years is that we do the same thing, right? Maybe not in the way of the prodigal son, but, but too often we have spent away or have given up on the gifts that have been given to us by God. We take the, the money, the, the brains, the personality, the talent, the health, the resources that God has given us. And we say, we don't really care about that anymore. We are going to do what we want to do. We're going to do what makes us feel good and not worry about the consequences. We are going to go out on our own and not utilize the resources that God has given us. 
We do not do the things that we are called to do. And then at some point it happens where we have squandered away everything and we have nowhere else to turn. And it is then that we maybe turn back to God. There are many times when we act like the youngest son. Many times when we have gone astray, we have turned our back on God, and it is then that we feel ashamed, we feel unloved, we feel like we can no longer turn back to God, or God will not accept us. The longer we stay away, the harder it is to turn back. And that that shame, that separation becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until we have no other choice but to go into the arms of God again. Then there is the older brother. What shall we say about the older brother? The older brother represents times in our lives when when we see the faults of others and we start to think that we are better than them, that our faults are not as big as somebody else's, that our sins are not as big as somebody else's. Therefore, God may be a little more pleased with us than with somebody else. This brother represents the attitude where we may say, if I go to church, if if I love Jesus, if I read my Bible, if I pray, if I make sure my kids go to Sunday school, then I am better off than all those other people who don't do that. This attitude of the older brother puts us in a position where we may say all the right things. We may do all the right things when it comes to our faith. We may dress appropriately for Sunday morning and and make sure that we are volunteering in all the right ways and, and we make sure that we are doing what we think we need to do. And when we see someone else not doing that, we we may turn to our neighbor and say, Hey, did you see what they're what they're doing? When we act like the older brother in this parable making sure that we are doing the right things, this attitude starts to come into us. And we say, well, I haven't seen the Smith family lately. How dare they miss church? Or maybe it's this person who volunteers at all the church events, not because they want to, not because it fills them, That's why we want people to volunteer is because it helps us grow in our faith. But maybe this older brother would volunteer in church because they want to earn favor with God. There are many times when we find ourselves doing things out of obligation instead of love. And when that happens, we... We don't fully experience the love and the grace of God. The love and grace of God is always there because God is always going to love us. God is always going to give us God's grace. God is always going to care for us. 
But our heart and our soul start to disconnect from what we are doing. And we start to do and just exist. So when I look at the older brother and the younger brother, sometimes I wonder who is hurting more. The younger brother in the gutter in some far off country? Or the older brother who had stayed home, but over the years his heart has hardened? I I often wonder, what what would have happened if the younger brother started going home, but instead of meeting his father on the road, who was out there pacing, waiting for his son to come back home, what if the younger brother met his older brother on the road coming home? What would have happened? Do you think he would have made it into his father's house? Or would his brother have sent him away? And then we come to the third character in this beloved parable, the father. The father had been waiting and waiting and waiting for his son to come home. And when his wayward son finally came home, this father, who was a prestigious, wealthy man, probably wearing long robes, picked up the hem of his robe and he ran down that driveway and welcomed his wayward son with open arms. He, he hugged his son and, and welcomed him home and, and he put on a robe on his back. He, he put on a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and he threw him a party. Not only did this father welcome his son home, his son who threw away his inheritance, but this father also loved the older son. So excited about the news of his younger son coming home, his father went to the older son and said, we have... We're throwing a party for your brother. This is an amazing event. This is so exciting. I'm so glad that he has come home. Even when the the older son started to protest and say, I don't care. I've done all this work. and And I don't feel that you treat me right. And instead of getting angry at his son, instead of trying to defend himself, the father says to the older son, Son, I love you. All that I have is yours. Please, I I ask you, come inside and see your brother because we thought he was dead, but he is alive. We thought he was lost, and now he is found. So when we see these three characters in this amazing parable, we start to wonder, where do we fall in these different characters, right? Are we the younger son who throws away the gifts that we have been given? Are we the older son whose heart maybe has hardened a little bit because of, of... how we feel or how we have been treated over the years? Or are we like the father who welcomes with open arms, who loves unconditionally? And if we are honest, there are different points in our lives where we have relate, where we can see how we have related with these three different characters. 
There are some times when we feel like there is no way that we could be loved anymore because of some of the mistakes that we have made in our lives. There are times when we have sinned against someone and we want that forgiveness, we need that forgiveness. But in some ways, we don't approach the forgiveness. We don't ask for it. Sometimes we don't forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we have made in our lives. Or maybe because the way we have been feeling, we have stayed away from our faith. We don't go to church as much anymore. We don't know how we are going to be perceived by others because we don't pray like we used to or read the Bible or do anything that has incorporated our faith. So we stay away longer. We focus on the work that is in front of us. We feel like we can never go back. There's times when we feel like we do all the right things. There are times when we say all the right prayers. We have participated in the life of the church. We have volunteered every single Sunday. We have convinced ourselves that we do all the right things, but there is something missing. We, are, we have not opened ourselves to the possibility of God acting in our lives. And when this happens, we begin to feel a little resentful. Maybe we complain a little bit more about what is happening around us. Instead of talking to people, we just start to complain, we start to get angry and upset. Even when good things don't even when good things happen, we don't find ourselves celebrating because our heart begins to harden. Then there are times in our life when we are like the father in the story. We we give up from ourselves without asking for anything in return. We continue to support and love the people around us. And when we feel that someone is hurting, when someone is upset, we comfort them. We find ways to love them. We find ways to connect with them, to care for them. We are at a curious place right now as the church. When I talk to my colleagues from different denominations, different churches, both the Lutheran church and, and the Catholic church and the Methodist and the, and the Episcopal church, all, all churches right now are in a curious place because our world has changed significantly over the last few years. We find ourselves becoming more and more disconnected, not only from the church, but more and more disconnected from our faith. And there's some times when, when so many people have given up because they've, hurt, they've experienced so much hurt and heartache and pain over the last few years that they don't know what to do. They don't know who to turn to or how to turn to something different. And the message that I need to hear again and again, and so many others need to hear, is that even though there, there are times when we feel like we have given up, God has never and will never give up on us. 
God is pacing back and forth like the father in the story, waiting for us to come home, to return to our faith. God is like the nervous mother who worries about her child every single second that her child is away, wondering if her child is okay. God never stops loving us. God never stops worrying about us. And as important as it is to maybe look back on our life and see how we measure up against the three different characters in this story, it's just as important for us to look ahead and see what kind of life we are going to live. What kind of church are we going to be? And how do we show that same love and grace and forgiveness that God has given to us? And while we never may get it right all the time, there are times that we can get it right. We know that we can take steps each and every day in that direction, knowing that wherever we find ourselves, God is always going to be there for us. God is always going to love us. And we can take that love, internalize that love, and utilize that love to heal our heart, to heal our soul, to find a connection with God and with other people in our lives. Thanks be to God, in Jesus' name, amen.